You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Do you want to build a snowman? It's going to be a long winter. You want to hurry this up, Clark? I'm freezing my baguettes off. I'm a little chilly. Would you like a nice spot of tea, sir? Winter is coming. Bundle up warm, of course. I've heated up some warm milk for you, honey. It's getting colder outside in most parts of Australia. The dunas are out. The uggies have been dusted off. I quite like winter, the chance to snuggle up, the crisp, clear days, but it can also be a time when you don't want to get out of bed in the morning, when you feel tired, cold, and the lurgies strike. Sometimes those lurgies will last week after week after week. So how do we stay well through winter? Kindling Conversation is doing a three-part series on winter wellness with mindfulness coach Amy Taylor-Kabaz and clinical naturopath Emma Sutherland from Studio U. Welcome, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. So this is part one. We're talking about how to get a good night's sleep. I decided that we're going to start nighttime because it's winter and it's cold and dark early. Emma, I'll start with you. Are there any ideal foods for winter nights? I think number one for winter is invest in a slow cooker. It doesn't have to be a whiz-bang expensive one, just a good old-fashioned slow cooker because they will make or break your winter evening meals. (laughs) They really will. So things like a pea and ham soup, an absolute winner with everyone, you know, and you can beef it up a little bit. You can have like a nice wholemeal roll on the side with the kids or you can have a bit of steamed broccoli or something on the side as well. So you can jazz it up, jazz it down, but a slow cooker works wonders. Because that's the idea. You just throw it in and walk out and you come back. It's like elves have made your dinner. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And I've got some great recipes to share with the listeners as well. A lentil shepherd's pie. Now this is delicious. It is so easy to make and you want things in winter that's really just one pot wonder. You're not messing around. You're not creating too much mess and the dishes, all the rest of it and it's quick and easy yeah i like the sound of both of those so we'll put them on the website amy we'll come to you because the winter days can be shorter we get home it's already dark it's cold have you got any tips on you know when you get home from the day how you can start preparing for a good night's rest yes i think The thing in our modern society is that we don't actually follow the seasons very much at all. We go to bed at the same time all year round, perhaps a little bit later in summer if we're doing something outdoors. But, you know, it's that 10, 10 10.30 kind of thing. And the thing is our bodies are naturally meant to sleep more, rest more, stay warm in winter and be more active in summer. And so I kind of think of winter as a form of meditation in a way. It's a time where we're meant to be nourishing ourselves. We're meant to be getting extra rest. We're meant to be turning off that TV. Definitely no social media in the bedroom and all of those wonderful things that we do know but we actually don't follow. (laughs) And using this as a time as a mini retreat, I know every parent that's listening right now would love to have a weekend away. Like, you know, when you're pampering yourself and someone else is looking after the kids for you, not really a reality. But what we can do is treat your evenings in winter like little meditation retreats, like little nourishing, pampering nighttime rituals. So yes, the kids go to bed hopefully on time and then turn down the lights, put on an extra layer, you know, warm a warm soup or a warm tea or something like that and actually go to bed and read a good book. I mean, we don't need to be staying up It's a modern thing where we push our bodies past the time. The sun is telling us we're meant to be sleeping. So for me, it's about acknowledging that in winter you don't do as much. 
you start saying no. You start going to bed earlier. You start listening to your body more. And then the things you can do right before bed, I've got some ideas that I can share on that. But as you said, it sort of starts right from when you have that beautiful slow-cooked meal. That's it. That's the start of the end of the night kind of feeling. Yeah, and so the key there, the key word there is perhaps slow. Slow. It is slow. The body is slower. The weather is slower. The timing is slower. It should absolutely be a slow time of year for us. And our kids want that too. This is the thing. They don't want us to be rushing around at this time as well. It's our hibernation time, Mm. preparing for our really beautiful, gorgeous summer that we have in Australia, but we need that downtime. So half an hour, they say, you need to prepare for sleep. So that means, you know, really nourishing nighttime rituals like warming your face up, taking your time, putting on your jammies earlier perhaps and walking around the house in them. You know, I love doing that. Sometimes I do it when the kids do it as well at 5.30 in the evening. <laughs> That's awesome. um, and if you're really struggling when you get into bed to slow your mind down, one of the great yoga techniques that you can try is called legs up the wall. And you literally lie right up against the wall. Your legs are straight up. And if you can lie there with your arms just rested down the side of your body for about 10 minutes before sleep, this has the most amazing effect on your nervous system. It just grounds you down. It helps your body realize that the day is coming to an end. All the blood drains down your legs. It's amazing for your vital organs, all of that. But it actually stimulates a gorgeous deep sleep. If you can do that before bed. So if you're struggling, if you get into bed and that mind is still racing, one thing you can do even before you get into bed is to try and do that. I get my kids to do it too. They think it's hilarious, but it is a really (laughs) great thing to do. And to have that sensation of everything dropping down, it just feels so good if you've been on your feet all day. Emma, I know we've spoken about this um, a long time ago, but can you refresh my memory in terms of the ideal times to eat before sleep? Yeah, ideally we eat... Uh, three hours before we attempt to go to bed. And I think it's really good to let your body rest and digest so that it doesn't impact on the quality of your sleep. I'd just like to remind people to think in winter of the winter foods. What we want is warming spices like ginger and turmeric and cinnamon and a bit of chili because we really want to keep up that inner warmth. Mm. Uh, And that's so critical. You know, something that could be really easy, you know, before you really get into that uh, legs up the wall, phase is literally to have some warm milk with a teaspoon of honey and a teaspoon of raw cacao powder. Mm. That is just such a beautiful nighttime drink. It really helps to relax the body. So, I mean, all of these combinations, I mean, I've got a list. I'm going to start doing them all tonight. (laughs) No, I'm ready for my Uggies and a warm drink. Thank you. That's right. It's not time yet, ladies. (laughs) Well, we could. We're on radio. We could wear PJs if we wanted to. (laughs) Another thing that can happen in winter, Emma, is that we can feel like we need to eat. Perhaps if we eat early, we can think, especially as parents, I know that if we tend to eat dinner around 5, 5.30, and then come 9 o'clock, someone's snacking on the chocolate biscuits. Even if you're not hungry, I mean, do you have an answer for that kind of craving people might get in cold winter nights? I think a lot of that is uh, mental and emotional because if you have had a you know a reasonable breakfast, a reasonable lunch and a reasonable dinner, there's no real need for your, your body to stimulate an appetite at 9 p.m. at night time. So first of all, have a, have a feel beyond the hunger and see what it is that you're missing or lacking or wanting. You know, it could just be a big hug that you want. It could be something else. It might not necessarily be the food itself. But if you do really want something, then just opt for something that's 
a bit healthier. So have you know some natural yogurt with some stewed fruit. I mean, pears stewed in vanilla is just amazing. You know, and vanilla is just a natural mood lifter. So head for something healthy if you really do need something. Okay, so let's say we've taken all this advice on board. We've had a good meal. We've had our milk with cacao and honey. Didn't know about that. I'm going to try that too. Uh, We've put our legs up the wall and now we're lying in bed. Amy, you did mention that um, the legs up the wall can help stimulate or settle down the brain, I should say. What if it's still going when you're lying there? Do you have any tips on how people might be able to shut that out? I've got an end-of-day meditation, which I'm happy to share on the website as well. But one technique that I really like when I really feel like there is just so many things I'm still plugged into is actually visualise myself unplugging, like pulling the cord out of the wall of different parts of my life. You know, my business, each child, the house, the whatever, and literally pulling the cords out and sort of saying, I don't have to be connected to that anymore. And visualizing that as you, you know, really focus on your breath, because some people who are listening might never have done a meditation or understand what mindfulness is. And so this doesn't have to be a very spiritual, deep chanting om experience. This is just about letting your mind and your nervous system know that it's okay to switch off now that we can start switching off different connections, different fight or flight responses, whatever it is. And so if you can lie there and literally just manually in your mind, pull the cords out of different parts of your life and just say to yourself, that's it for today, then that can really help. Emma, do you have anything that you, I mean, you run your own business, you've got your daughter, you're a single mom. I mean, how do you shut off your brainwaves at that time of night? I um, I kind of have this military-like training in relation to my sleep because I realise how critically vital it is for me and my capacity to keep going in a way that is well and whole. I'm my toughest taskmaster on sleep and it is about, I, I literally put myself to bed like I do Sophia lights out, go to sleep. It's none of this. Oh, I need to go to the loo. Oh, I need a glass of water. It's time to sleep. Go to sleep. I think when you realize um, and, and you look at the research behind how important sleep is, you have such a respect for it. Um, and, and I literally have just trained myself to go to sleep. And sometimes when you're a mom, you don't have the option of sleeping when you want to sleep. You sleep when you can sleep. So sometimes I think we're quite good at taking the opportunity when it arises. Um, It is just about a matter of, you know, turning off the TV, putting the social media aside and saying, I need this sleep. So many of the mums that I speak to, once the kids are asleep, that's when they start doing all of the housework and cleaning up and finishing the dishes or folding the washing. And we feel like that is so important and we must have that ready by the next day. But I'm exactly the same as you, Emma. I am religious about my sleep. After working in breakfast radio for far too many years, (laughs) I will never be sleep deprived again. But I can promise you that if you get a good night's sleep, that housework is done in a third of the time the next morning or whenever you can fit it in because we work better, we function better, we think more positively. Everything flows better when you've had a good night's sleep. And so if I could just say one thing to so many of the mamas that I speak to is do not start that once the kids go to sleep. Go to bed yourself. And even if you get up super early the next morning, you will be so much more productive. And Emma, one of the questions I have as well around sleep is winter is a time when we we tend to get more sick. We tend to catch colds and things like that. 
Um, sleep's a healer as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. When we look at the, the biochemistry behind sleep, what we know is that when somebody is in a deep restful sleep, they produce more of the anabolic hormones, hormones such as human growth hormone and DHEA. And these hormones have a healing capacity to them. So they're hormones that promote cells to heal and repair. So we know from the research that sleep deprivation is linked to so many chronic diseases. So if you inverse that out, what we know is that the more sleep you can get, the healthier you're going to be. And your immune system is going to be stronger, your energy will be better, um, and your inflammation levels will be lower. It's, it's just a fact. And I just want to say to those mums listening who say, yeah, but my baby wakes me up six times a night. I am so sorry because there's nothing we can do to help with that. Um, but it will get better. And when your child sleeps longer, then you can take back your sleep. <laughs> Yeah, and I think what we're all saying is that it's up to us as adults to take that opportunity and to prioritise our needs and our sleep. Um, we've all been through those phases of, of tiny babies and, and mass sleep deprivation, and I think that's even more important that when the opportunity comes that you don't fill it with white noise such as social media. Mm. Or cleaning. I, I still don't have a predictable sleep routine in my house. Between the three of them, there's probably one or two nights a week I get a full night's sleep, and that's why I'm absolutely determined to be in bed by 9 o'clock every night because I have no idea what's coming yeah, every night. I totally understand And that I'm going feeling. to get it now just in case <laughs> it's going to be another horror. So I think we have to prioritise it. I get I, Well, look, I think our takeout for getting a good <laughs> night's sleep is just to sleep. But um, we'll, we'll break down those points and put them up on the website so everyone can refer back to them. Amy, Emma, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Pleasure. That's mindfulness coach Amy Taylor-Cabaz and clinical naturopath Emma Sutherland. That was part one in our winter wellness series on how to get a good night's sleep. Tomorrow, how to get out of bed with a bounce in your step when you don't even want to stick your toe outside the doona.